Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right, everybody, it is now time to begin thinking about officially our rookie fantasy drafts, dynasty drafts, and we've been talking a lot about all of the rookies leading up to this point and post-draft. If you've listened to uh, if you haven't listened yet to our post-draft, post-NFL draft recap last week, I suggest you go ahead and listen to that. We talk about all of the players uh, and their landing spots and how those landing spots help their, you know, help or hurt, you know, their projections moving forward. So today, Pat Cotter joins me again on Pad the Stats. I am your host, James Swanson. We are going to go through an entire mock draft uh, on just rookies. Uh, it's just going to be a rookie mock draft. And we're gonna go two rounds, Pat. I think is what we uh, what we talked about is two rounds yep. of a of a rookie mock draft. So, without further ado, Pat. Well, let me. I'll give you a chance to uh, speak for a minute before oh, yeah. before I. Yeah. Well, I appreciate how, how that. was your day, man? It was good. It was good. You know, here on a Monday, or at least for us, um, starting the week wasn't too bad. Can't good. complain. I know you had a good yeah. day of just kind of hanging out. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, hey, I worked. Yeah. Hey, I worked, and now I'm ready to go to work on my, on our mock draft. So, oh, yeah. um, let's get going. Let's do it. And I, I defaulted to you for the first pick, so I'm gonna let you lead us off here, Patrick. Patrick Cotter, who are you taking with the first overall pick in our first first 2019 rookie mock draft? All right. So, uh, this kind of depends on your league. You know, if you are, you're in a two quarterback league, I think Kyler Murray's probably your bet here unless you're loaded at quarterback. Say you have a, a, a stable of quarterbacks like Carson Wentz and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I would probably, Man, that's a pretty nice stable that's right there. That's a pretty there. nice stable. I mean, I think there's somebody in our league who has a stable quarterbacks like that. This guy right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I was pretty jealous of that quarterback or duo you got there. But, you know, other than that, I think Kyler's a dynamic player. And in a two-quarterback league, I'd go with him. But if you're set Let's just we're, we're just going to say this is a one- Let's go yeah. one quarterback just, go, we'll just for one. those purposes. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there just in case people were in a yeah. two-quarterback league like yep. we are. But um, if you're in a regular one or you, you're pretty set at, quarter, at quarterback, I think Josh Jacobs would be the pick here. And that's what I'm going to go with. Josh Jacobs would be my guy. Okay, so Pat's going Josh Jacobs. And, you know, right off the bat, let, let's talk about it a little bit here. Um, obviously, um, you know, the injury to Isaiah Crowell, he tore his Achilles, he's out for the year. So that's something, if you haven't heard yet, uh, happened last week. Um, you know, they are bringing Doug Martin back. Um, yep. I think that they, they, they still have... Still have Richard. They, they still have Jalen Richard. Um, but another, I think they have another young guy there. But it's really, yeah, it, it, look, it looks like it's going to be Josh Jacobs' job yep. to lose, more than likely. At least in the early downs. Yeah, this is the Josh Jacobs show. I think he's going to be one of those kind of running backs who sees a lot of workload. It's going to be interesting to see how they work in a guy like Jalen Richard, a guy who uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield, and they've seemed to have uh, liked him in the past. But I think Josh Jacobs is going to be pretty solid getting the workload that you want. It's just going to depend on how well he can produce with it. And he's a very talented back, not up on the level of a Barkley or you know a Fournette or a, a Gurley when they came out, but uh, he's very talented. Yeah. Uh, in today's NFL, we've seen that not even the most talented backs can still have a lot of success in this league. Yep, uh, no he's a guy who maybe has the best opportunity right away, um, or at least one of them, I would say. Uh, Miles Sanders is not a guy who comes into the best situation right away. Mm -hmm. um, David Montgomery is another guy who I think will get early down work, yep. maybe a little bit of a similar situation to Jacobs. Um, but this is probably one of the best situations, I would yeah, think, he's got uh, for the, a rookie running back. Yeah, he's got the most immediate uh, chance for a, a high workload. And he was the best, my favorite back in the class. So, I mean, and he's a first-round pick. There's not much more you could want out of a guy like mm -hmm. him. Okay, so sticking on the theme of one-quarterback leagues, my first pick, second overall, I'm going to take David Montgomery out of uh, – or going to the Chicago Bears out of Iowa State. Um, you know, and, and this is – you know, if you if you listen back to the uh, the film room study that I did on the running backs, David Montgomery was one of my favorite running backs coming out of this class. I wasn't sure what to expect going into his film study, but when I came away from it, I saw a guy who can really be a three down back. 
Uh, he has everything that you want. He has the ability to run in between the tackles with patience and good vision. He has good footwork. He has the ability to bounce it outside. He's got a good one cut and go. He can catch the ball a little bit. All right, I don't want to get too much. You can go back and listen to that if you want to to get a full recap of what David Montgomery is in terms of what I saw on tape. But this landing spot is good. I yep. think that the Chicago Bears offense has a, has a chance to be a good one. Um, they know how to put the ball in their playmakers' hands, I think, outside of Allen Robinson, who I wish they would get the ball more. Uh, but but for the running backs, uh, they use Tariq Cohen well. And I think that David Montgomery is going to be a good fit in that offense. Now, I know that people were disappointed in Jordan Howard last year, but I think that's more of David Montgomery, I think, brings another gear probably to this offense that Jordan Howard didn't bring. Um, I think Jordan Howard might have been a, as just as good or maybe even a little bit better downhill kind of guy in between the tackles. No doubt, no doubt. But David Montgomery, I think, brings you a full three-down workload. Now, Tariq Cohen's still going to have his role in this offense, but they will throw the ball to David Montgomery, too. Honestly, I really think, I believe that. Um, so I, I love him here, and I'm going to take him at number two for that reason. I yeah. think he fits good in the Bears' offense. Yeah, the only question I have is how how much are the Bears going to use Tariq Cohen? That's going to be a kind of the the what's going to go a long way of saying is is David Montgomery going to be more like Josh Jacobs in production or more like Miles Sanders in production? So that's going to be the big thing there, but I think it's a good pick. You know, right here at, at the number three spot, I think you still have a lot of good players you can go with. Um, you know, I have a couple guys that kind of depending on your uh, – on your league and your team makeup. And that's kind of the whole draft. You know, we're just kind of going to go down yeah. and say who our favorite guys are and who would take kind of in a vacuum. So I think right now, all things being the same, I think I would go with Miles Sanders as my number three pick. Okay. Um, I like, you know, I like his ability. I think we, we were a little lower on him than a lot of the other backs. I think I had him rated right about the same as a guy, Damian Harris in, in my list, maybe a little bit more of a, of a having a little bit more upside, but, um, I like Miles Sanders' ability. You know, if he can take over in that Eagles offense, then he's going to be a stud. He could honestly pass up both these guys in yep. in potential if he can take over the number one running back role in that offense. But um, I just see it be, being just as it's been over the last few years—a committee backfield. Maybe he takes a little bit more than a lot than some guys have, but I don't see him having the ability to 100% demand the top. Well, like I think he has the ability to take the top role, but not to where they can't get him off the field. You know right. what I'm saying? So I don't think he offers you that much, but I still think he will be the number one guy in this rotation by the end of the year. Yeah. The Eagles, uh, at least over the past couple of years, and I think a little bit of it has been the committee role that they've used in not having maybe uh, you know, a top talent. Jay Jai, I think, had the chance to be until he got hurt. But this is an offense that has traditionally used a lot of multiple looks out of the backfield, and they've utilized different guys at times. Um, I, you know, I like I like Miles Sanders. I like the landing spot. I think he's going to be fine. He's a tick below, you know, the Jacobs and the Montgomery of the world for me. Uh, but I, I like the pick, Pat. I think that's a fine pick at number three. At number four, you know, this is this was kind of tough because you know when I look at the board and I think about. You know the top receiver that went off the board, Nikhil Harry, to the to the Patriots. Um, you know I li- I like that, but I'm I'm not overly excited about the fact that Tom Brady might only be there for two more years. Um, you know what does the future hold in New England in terms of the passing game? I think that Nikhil Harry has a ton of upside, but at this pick, you know. I'm going to go a little bit more the safe route, and I think I'm going to take the guy who I think emerges as the number one passing, the weapon in his offense, and that's Debo Samuel to the 49ers. I think he has a chance to be a staple for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that he will have no problem unseating, you know, Marquise Goodwin. I I think that, you know, we saw a lot out of, um, geez, I'm losing. Pettis. Yeah, Dante Pettis, uh, thank you. Uh, We saw a good bit of him last year. At least he flashed at times, and I thought we saw some good things. But I think that Debo Samuel has a chance to really command a Pierre Garçon role in in the sense of even being much more talented. Oh, yeah. And, you know, being uh, 
a guy who Pierre Garçon was a little bit even more early in his career. Pierre Garçon was a catch oh, monster. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, and I think that that he has a chance to to kind of eat up that kind of role in this 49ers offense. So I'm going Debo Samuel at number four, Pat. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good pick. You know, um, the guy I'm going to go with here next, uh, Nikhil Harry. I've been really good flipping back and forth between him and Debo. Uh, I like Nikhil's upside. The one thing that scares me, though, with Nikhil Harry is my kind of one big flaw that I saw in his game is his route running. I don't think he has the crispness of routes. I don't think that he um, is, is exactly a guy that's going to be able to get to a spot and um, – Kind of like you know what they want in that Patriots offense. I don't think mm-hmm. I think he needs to work on that part of his game a lot. And if he's not doesn't it, if that's not up to par, I don't know if uh, Tom Brady he's going to be one of Tom Brady's favorite weapons, or he'll just be a kind of another guy that they uh, target in the offense. I could really see Harry in year one and year two kind of being you know he's showing a lot of flash, but they're just not using him in a way you want. Like a lot of the Patriots wide receivers you see outside of Edelman and Gronk, right? You know, this has been an offense that's really frustrated in terms of wide receivers because you'll see flashes, but just they never seem to realize their true potential, a la Josh Gordon, a la, yeah. um, uh, what well, was we, his name? Uh, was it? I'm not sure. Uh, Who Mitchell, was Malcolm Mitchell. Oh, You know, back yeah. when. Um, yeah, but those, those were I guys mean, that were not to the talent, I think, of Nikhil I mean, Hare. Uh, Gordon was. Gordon was, yeah. but, but Gordon no. had played had been out of football for two years. Agreed, but it just it just... I, that offense gives me hesitancy, and I and especially since the his one flaw is the one I think is the most important in that offense. Now, no doubt they will find ways to get him the ball and and work his strengths because that's what they do. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be as consistent as you're going to want it in a, as a top five fantasy option pick. Right, but right, right, I, right, right. I think he's the guy with the most upside at this point. Yeah, yeah, I don't see it as a situation where they use. A receiver like Nikhil Harry in the way that they they used Gronk to dominate games at the tight end position, like I right, you know what I mean. I I don't know if Nikhil Harry's going to have that type of workload that matches what Gronk did at tight end. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that they that he's a number one guy like that. They the Patriots have this really just this way of exploiting a defense, finding the mismatch, and they don't care who it is. Like it can be some. I mean, they've been doing this for fifteen years now. 20 years, I mean, whatever it is, um, of just finding the guy that, that beats the mismatch. You know, mm-hmm. whether that's Rex Burkhead, whether that's any of their stable of running backs. Um, a wide receiver. Whoever. A wide receiver. So I think that to my what I'm trying to get at here is I think that early on, you know, it, you never know with the Patriots. You really don't. Nope. But it could be – there could be some inconsistency. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, with this guy, and it could be with any rookie, but I especially think in the Patriots' offense, where there's a chance for upside, there's also a chance for inconsistency in terms of production. Uh, but I do love Nikhil Harry. He was my favorite receiver coming out of this draft, just in terms of pure talent um, and, and what I saw on tape. So love the pick there. So the first two picks for Pat at one point one and one point three, he went Josh Jacobs and Nikhil Harry. No, Miles Sanders. You're forgetting Miles oh, Sanders. Oh, I'm sorry. In the third spot there. Um, one five. I wrote down one three. Nikhil Harry at one point five, and and Miles Sanders at one point three. Sorry, let me get this written down here. And then I went one point two. David Montgomery, and at one point four, Debo Samuel, and at one point six. Let me take a look at the board here. So after Pat went, Nikhil Harry. So there's a lot of guys here, you know, especially at the receiver position that that I think, um, you know, are really interesting. Um, I tell you what, though, and I this is a little bit more of a project, I think, even more so than 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 what Nikhil Harry might be. Um, I think that in this spot, I'm probably gonna go. Um, who would I want to take? Let's go. I'm gonna go Hakeem Butler here. I'm going to go Keem Butler. I struggled with another guy, and I'll tell you in a little bit, but I'm going to go Keem Butler to the Cardinals. And, you know, I this is one where they have, they've added a bunch of weapons at the receiver position, but if there's one guy that, that can probably take over um, a little bit more than anybody else there, even more so than, than Christian Kirk, their second-round pick last year, I think it is Hakeem Butler. 
I like the pairing, um, you know, certainly with uh, with um, Kyler Murray this year, and I think that that's a good fit, and I think that that uh, you know the upside there is is really what I'm going after with Keem Butler. Oh, yeah. with he's got sister. so much upside, and the one thing about him that uh, I think gives you a little bit more of a floor than somebody like, say, Andy Isabella, who they took earlier than him, is say that this is an epic failure of an offense and um, Klings- Klingsbury or Klingsbury, whatever his name is. Kingsbury, Kingsbury. yes, Kingsbury. there it is. And the, he and that air raid offense is just an absolute failure. Hakeem Butler gives, uh, gives you um, some different offenses that he can run. He, he, can, he can be effective in a lot of different offenses where a guy like Andy Isabella... I think is going to struggle in an outside of that kind of air raid system uh, a little bit more than somebody like Keen Butler. And Keen Butler has all the upside in the world. He was my favorite wide receiver out of this entire class. It surprised me he fell as far as he did, but I think he's going to give you some good value in return. I think there were some drop issues there that people talked about. There definitely were. Um, Okay, well, Pat, let's go to 1.7, and who are you taking here? I think, honestly, this one's going to surprise you. Um, and, but I'm going to go with the guy who I've been kind of coming back on uh, since the draft, and that guy's name is A.J. Brown. Oh, okay. You know, A.J. Brown is a guy that we, me and you both loved before in the, in the pre-draft process, and, it, and we were crushed, absolutely crushed, when we saw that he went and he has to play with that dirt Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yes. we, we were like, you know what, well, this just destroys his career. But, yep. you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that he can honestly do okay with Marcus Mariota. Guys like Rashard Matthews have, have managed to succeed yep. with Marcus Mariota and put up decent numbers. I think A.J. Brown could do the same. He's a very talented wide receiver. I don't think he's more talented than than Corey Davis, but I think he fits Mar- Marcus Mariota a little bit better. Um, I think he can succeed there if, if they end up working him in the slot role. Now it's interesting that they have a guy like uh, they have they have Humphreys there as well, who I don't think he can really work on the outside. So it's going to depend on how they use AJ Brown, but I think he's a good enough player that he can, might he'll probably give you some return this year and and just pray that Marcus Mariota is gone next year. Yeah, uh, looking at Rashard Matthews, thirteen touchdowns between twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen with the Titans, nine hundred and forty five yards receiving in sixteen seven hundred ninety five in twenty seventeen. I know that Marcus Mariota, and I don't have the full breakdown here of what games Marcus Mariota missed. He has missed some time because of injury. I assume that Rashard Matthews didn't play all of those games with Marcus Mariota. But uh, I think that gives you a pretty good look at that there's some potential there. Um, And and I think A.J. Brown probably fits a little bit of a similar role in terms of what his kind of position is in the yeah. offense is Rashard Matthews nice big slot and and the, the one great thing though is if if Marcus Mariota does go down you have I mean another one of your favorite quarterbacks is in Ryan Tannenhill there <laughs> yeah. and he's shown he can he can really use a big slot effectively I mean that's what Jarvis Landry has been so I think that if if it, honestly you if as a AJ Brown owner you might want to just pray that Marcus Mariota gets injured again and then just eat with AJ Brown yeah, uh, I don't know if eat is the word that I would use with Ryan Tannehill, but... Um, I mean, Jarvis Landry did I it guess for years. We'll, yeah, yeah, A.J. Brown has some proving to do before he's at Jarvis yeah, Landry. no doubt, no doubt. Um, we'll see, we'll see, but I, lo- I, you know, again, this is another guy who, when we watched the tape, when we sat down, I really liked it. I loved what he did at Old Miss. I loved a lot of the things that he did more than what DK Metcalf was doing the same guy. Now I know DK Metcalf missed a ton of games last year. Um, but, but I loved what AJ Brown did. I thought oh, yeah. he did a ton of really, really good things. And I, he was one of my favorite receivers coming into this draft. That's another film room study that you can go back and listen to. Uh, AJ Brown, we talked about him a little bit. So Pat, you went, let's see here. I'm just, I'm taking some notes as I go. AJ Brown at 1.7. Yep. And that leaves the door wide open for the guy I was hoping that you would leave go, who's a little bit under the radar. But when you said you were kind of coming around to this guy, I thought this may be who you were talking about. And that's Paris Campbell going to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I know this is, uh, you know, three straight receivers for me here. And, and typically this, you know, the way, like, for example, let me let me preface by saying this. My current roster in our Dynasty League, this is probably not the strategy 
I would be taking. Now, I wouldn't be getting all these guys, no, obviously. No, you wouldn't have every other pick. No, either. I wouldn't have every other pick. But but my point is, I wouldn't be taking, I probably wouldn't be taking three receivers. No. Um, But, I mean, the way we're going back and forth, this is just yeah. kind of talent-based, right? Um, but, but Paris Campbell is the next guy on my board. We talk about an offense with Andrew Luck, who is still very much in his prime, has many more years of his prime to go. Uh, they've struggled to find a number two receiver outside of T.Y. Hilton in that offense. Now, I know Eric Ebron came in last year and filled a, a, a massive void for that offense at the tight end position. Um, they still have Jack Doyle. They still have, you know, a couple guys out of the backfield who catch the ball pretty well in Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines. Um, T.Y. Hilton is still, what is T.Y. Hilton? Let me, I like think. 28. 28-29. Let me see here. T.Y. Hilton is 29. He'll be 30 in November. So you're talking about, about a guy who's getting a little bit older who is always banged up. Yeah. Whether it's a shoulder or whether it's – I mean, he's just he just gets banged up a lot. Wins with his speed. Wins with his speed. Now, I love T.Y. – I think T.Y. Hilton's a complete receiver. Don't get me wrong. But they're, my point here is Paris Campbell fills a void for them, fills a need for them right away so I think he has a chance to come in with his dynamic playmaking ability in what he can do on end arounds jet sweeps in the passing game deep shots maybe even a little bit in the return game I think he's a weapon right away so this is another upside pick for me a guy that that can maybe eventually take over a number one receiving role at some point in his career but right off the bat he's going to make a major impact with the Colts offense I really believe that year one we're, you know, we're going to be talking about all these high-profile six-four receivers, but Paris Campbell's going to be that guy who makes a big, big impact in year one. I'm telling you that right now. So Paris Campbell is my pick at 1.8. Let's move on to 1.9. And Pat, who are you taking with your fifth selection here? Uh, this is a guy I'm not going to let slip out of the first round. I don't know if you'll take him next, but I'm def- But I'm going to take him right here just so I can, or I mean, slip out of the top ten. Yep. I feel like he has top 10 talent and deserves to be there, and his name is TJ Hawkinson. This guy... I like it. I figured you would go there. You know, I, I really have liked TJ Hawkinson's potential and his and his ability throughout the draft process. He kind of gives you a, a tight end and, and on a team, kind of, as a or an NFL team's basis. Mm-hmm. They, it's like he's a guy who can block well. He can receive well. You know, he just does everything you'd want out of the tight end position. He can split yep. out. He can be lined up inside yep. and just do everything you'd want there. He improves the running game, the passing game, whatever. Um, in Dynasty, for you, that means that he's going to be on the field all the time. They don't need to take him off a, la, a guy like Ola Fant or, or Noah Fant because, uh, you know, Noah Fant really can't block all that well. Yeah. Um, Hawkinson, that means that he can maybe even slip out on some of those plays. One comes to mind against Penn State where he slipped out on a fourth on a fourth down and, and they, they overthrew they him. Overthrew him by like wide twenty open. yards. Yeah. Oh, wide open. I remember the play. Yep. And but that, that's where you get with the guy that can that can block and uh and be, be that kind of threat. Yep. So he doesn't have to come off the field. I think he has great receiving ability. You know, usually you have to wait on tight ends, but I could see him becoming a, a threat even in year one or year two and giving you that immediate kind of upside. So he would be my pick right here. And if you and if you have a need a very good a big need at tight end, I would not mind taking him higher. Yeah, this is a home run in terms of the tight end position. I think we, we talked about this a lot before. This is a can't miss this yep. guy. OJ Howard. Uh, I don't I don't see any scenario where he doesn't excel. I think he does well with Matt Stafford, and I think he fits into this Lions offense just fine. So I like the pick there, Pat. Let me go again. I'm I'm going to go with another receiver here. And I know I'm going heavy here at the beginning, um, but but there's just a lot of talent at the position. A lot of guys that I kind of liked in a similar in yep. you know. Kind I of hope a you need receivers stance. for your team. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yes, exactly. So well, for me, I will need a couple. But yeah, um, which you know takes me back to the point before I said I was I'm losing my mind because I said that I didn't really need wide receivers, but I'm thinking about my team now. And that's exactly what I need. Though I have a lot of young guys, I kind of need a better established talent. Exactly. But, but I need established talent, yes. So I struggled between two players here, but I'm going to go with Kelvin Harmon to the Washington Redskins. Oh. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. Well, 
DK Metcalf still on the board, and he's in a good situation with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Well, I think that Kelvin Harmon, who I had ranked, rated higher than DK Metcalf coming into the draft, I know he slipped into, what, the sixth round? Yep. I still think that this guy has awesome upside. He steps into a great situation. I'm not completely sold on Dwayne Haskins, and I think that he has a good chance to fall in love with um, McLaurin. McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, thank you. But I think Kelvin Harmon has an excellent chance to be the receiver, the go-to guy in this offense. We have not seen anything from Josh Doxson. Jordan Reed is only getting older, and he's still the most one of the most injury-prone people in the in this league. Yeah. Um, I think Paul Richardson is there, and he showed some ability yeah, back when. But Yeah, know, I don't even know if he's – yeah, he might still be there. He's I'm not a, even 100% there, sure. Okay, okay. Um, I know he signed a deal there um, last year. Some people year, are but, high on Trey Quinn as a slot guy, but, you know, I yep. just – I, 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 there's a wide open, there's a huge opening at that wide receiver. And I agree. I love Kelvin Harmon. Love. We both loved his tape. Yep. Um, he's my number two wide receiver in the, in the, uh, in the draft. And, uh, I would, you know, I'm still going to go with the, what I saw on tape over what the NFL guy said. Yep. I'm fine with it. Now, the one thing that does scare you is they don't have much invested in him. He's not a guy that they're going to need to push onto the field. He's there. There's not, he's not a guy that they have a lot of tied draft capital tied up in if he doesn't do so well first year that's true that's true but I think he'll come out and impress I, I do really too. do I, I do think too. he's gonna come out and impress I think he'll play well so I'm gonna take him with the 10th overall pick in in the first round um or well in our mock you know how we're going I, I like the risk that you take there with um, him yeah I agree so let's finish out the first round Pat last two we're gonna go 12 team here right is this how we want yeah, to kind of do this? I know we're doing this yeah. on the fly. So yeah. 11 and 12, and then we'll go into the second round technically. Yeah. Okay, so so let's let's kind of round out the first round here. Um, that sounded weird, round out the first round. Mm-hmm. Cap off the first round, I guess, is yeah. probably better. So so give me your pick at number 11. All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him, man. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf right here. You know, Okay, I like uh, it. He's, he fell into an amazing situation. Uh, he'd probably be lower on my board if he didn't, but you know Russell Wilson's got a good deep arm. I hear a lot of people saying he's got the best. I don't agree. I don't agree with that, but he's got a good deep arm. He's going to be taking shots down the field, down the field, down the field this year with with possibly his only two receivers in uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yep. And I think though you're going to have to watch both those guys. So one of them's probably going to be single man aligned, unless they're just going to just keep two safeties back and and all game. You know, I think that DK Metcalf has the ability and he has tremendous upside. If we look back at this draft and said, man, DK Metcalf, he became everything we ever wanted. He's the the best wide receiver in the league in three years, four years. I'd be like, wow, I'm kind of not surprised. Yeah. If we came back to this draft and said, huh, why did DK Metcalf go in the top 10, top 12 in fantasy drafts? He's out of the league right now. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. This guy I don't think he's going to be out of the league, but he might not be the fantasy superstar that we were hoping for. I I mean, I could see it, honestly, dude. He's uh, he's that guy that just is a physical freak. He's been injury prone. He hasn't done much. He hasn't had much production in his in his career. He just caught he catched three bombs and then be done <laughs> with the with done for the day. Yeah. And he hasn't had shown an ability to run routes. Now, I think that he wasn't really uh, asked to do much in that old Miss offense, so I think that he would has a little bit more ability than they've shown. But I don't think he's going to offer you a full route tree in the first few years, if ever. So he's yeah. uh, high up. He's a he's a uh, boom bust pick, but in the back of the first round on a team that is probably already pretty well stacked and doesn't mm-hmm. need much. Swing for the fences. Yeah. Okay, I am going to kind of go. A little bit. I don't want to say against the grain, but I'm going to go a little bit untraditional here. But I'm going to double down, okay? At, with with my last pick here in the first round, I'm going to double down on the Washington Redskins offense, and I'm going to take Terry McLaurin. You're taking Terry McLaurin. So yeah. I'm doubling down, uh, and just to see, hey, if if one of these guys hit, hopefully. Now again, this this is you're not going to have these picks. Well, maybe you will have two picks in the first round where you can take both guys. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to double down and I am going to take Terry McLaurin here because I think that this all falls on the Washington Redskins commitment to Dwayne Haskins and the relationship between Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin, you know, coming from their college days together. So I think that that pairing fits perfectly in Washington. I think that Dwayne Haskins strength is an underneath to intermediate 
um, you know, thrower who, look, I don't want to just classify him as a game manager with a weak arm because I do think Dwayne Haskins can stretch the field a little bit. Like, he's not just purely an underneath guy. Like, I think he can be more than Alex Smith. But the relationship between McLaurin and Haskins will benefit these two early on. And I think— I think that that gives McLaurin a real edge over some of these other receivers, even in terms of fantasy right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I, I think he could be a high-catch guy. I really yeah. do. I think, I think he, he, could, could be right, he could give you immediate production, like week one. Yeah, yeah like more so than Kelvin Harmon. I will take Kelvin Harmon with the upside, but McLaurin yeah. with the immediate production. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to Terry McLaurin at number 12. That caps off the first round. Let me do a quick recap on the first round. Let me pull up my uh, my worksheet here. And so with the first pick, Pat went Josh Jacobs. I came back with David Montgomery at number two. Miles Sanders to Pat at number three. Number four, I went Debo Samuel. Pat went to kill Harry at five. At number six, Hakeem Butler. At number seven, A.J. Brown. Eight, Paris Campbell. Nine, T.J. Hawkinson. Ten, Kelvin Harmon. Eleven, D.K. Metcalf. And number 12, Terry McLaurin. So... Pat, start us off in the top of the second round here. Who is the first pick of the second first pick of the second round? One thing I will just say that was kind of interesting is I remember back before the draft, me and you kind of both agreed that we liked Terry McLaurin a little bit more than Paris Campbell. We neither of us were very high on them. <laughs> yeah. But now, but it's the funny. fit. If it's funny, yeah, the fit. Now we we bumped Paris Campbell back up over Terry McLaurin, and we have Terry McLaurin high, even though a good they, point. there are a lot of wide receivers we liked over these kind yep, of guys. It's a good point. All right, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Kyler Murray right here. Kyler Murray, you know, I think he's a he's a good quarterback. I think he fits amazingly in that in that uh, air raid offense. I think he's going to come and have immediate upside in production. The one question is, how is that offensive line going to hold up? And how well is he going to be? I mean, I think he has the ability to avoid that pressure more than most people do. Mm-hmm. But is he going to get flustered early and start making bad decisions? Because I did see him make some bad decisions when he was in that old Miss offense. And it, he's going to have a lot tighter windows to throw to. He can make those throws if he has time. And he can even make throws in the run really well. But he, it's going to be interesting to see how he works in this offense with a lot of new pieces and a new offense and how it goes. But, you know, I will gladly have him and take that upside and see where he goes this year. I think he's going to be great. I really do. I think he's going to be – he's going to flourish in that offense um, with – with Cliff Kingsbury, I think that it fits perfectly. You know, a couple Big 12 guys coming in the league together. Um, all the new weapons. I think Christian Kirk has a ton of upside still. I oh, really, I he's still one of my favorite receivers. Young receivers, yeah. I should say. Um, plus the additions of Kelvin Harmon, who we already talked about. Yeah. Don't get discouraged. Um, I mean, if or not gonna... Calvin Harmon. I'm so, I'm sorry. Hakeem Butler. Yeah. I get I get those two yeah. mixed up. I keep thinking Washington, Arizona. Hakeem Butler. Sorry. Don't yeah. Don't get discouraged. If they're going to run a true air raid, they're going to need multiple wide receivers, four or five wide receivers out there at a time. So they're going to have plenty of opportunity for a lot of guys to be out there doing different things. So I would not be uh, discouraged if you are the uh, the Kirk owner. Mm-hmm. Okay, second pick of the second round, and I am on the clock, and I will go. Kind of looking over the board here, there's some, still a couple interesting wide receiver prospects. A, you know, really a, a bunch of wide receiver prospects still on the board. We haven't had a running back go in a little bit. And I'm actually going to go running back here. And a guy that I haven't had the opportunity to watch a ton of tape on. Um, but I've, you know, I've read good things. And I've, I kind of think that the fit with the team that he went to um, in terms of, you know, putting running backs in a good position to succeed, I think this fits. I'm going to go Justice Hill to the Baltimore Ravens. He goes to a team that just brings in Mark Ingram, who is quickly approaching, if not already 30 years old. Um, He is 29, 30, yeah. Yeah, so he's right, you know, kind of on that cusp. Now, we've talked a lot about Mark Ingram being a guy who hasn't gotten the workload of a typical 30-year-old running back, so he's a guy that I could definitely see playing until he's like 32, 33. It's still a pretty high level. Yep. But Justice Hill kind of brings a different dynamic a guy that that can hit the home run right and um is a is a kind of a different player a guy really pat i mean tell me if i'm wrong here but i i don't recall the ravens kind of having this kind of talent 
the no, fourth running I mean, back position. The, the Ravens just loaded up on athletic guys, just guys that can really run. I mean, Justice Hill ran a four four forty, with uh, you know, and it just his his athletic metrics were off the chart. I think he offers that offense a lot, like kind of what you know, it's kind of an easy comparison, but what the uh, the Saints had in their running back backfield with uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin yep. Kamara, I think he can be that 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 uh, lightning to Alvin or to. Uh, yep. Mark Ingram's thunder yep. in a way. You know, I don't think this takes a ton away from Mark Ingram. I think it does a little bit, but they're going to have a spell back anyway. And this gives them a very dynamic option to have in that backfield along with uh, with Lamar Jackson. Yep. Okay, let's quickly move on here. We only have about uh, 10 to 15 minutes left. 10 to 12 minutes if we can wrap up the second right, round here. On. So who are you picking at number three of the second round, Pat? You know, I'm going to go back to that, uh, that tight end well. I'm going to take Noah Font. I think he, you know, that was almost my pick at, yeah, at two. I like him here. Um, I think he deserves to go somewhere early second round, uh, maybe to mid second round, depending on where you're at and what you need a tight end. But he has a lot of he has a lot of ability. I think he's very raw as a receiver. I think he can work on a lot of things. His route running isn't that great. I think he does, he makes hand catches way too often. But man, is he lightning in a bottle? Yeah, you know, he's that he's that big play threat whenever he gets the ball. He runs. Yeah. He's he can run fast, man. He like he'll blow by safeties and, and he's a, a big, lot of mismatches. He's a big athletic guy, but he can't. He's in, he's an Ebron, you know. He's he's not he's not exactly Ebron, but you know he's that guy. He's not going to offer you much in the mm-hmm. in the run, in the run game. game. He's going to have to come off the field in that situation or, or just to block terribly. Um, and I like his his rawness gives me a little hesitancy of how well he's going to produce right off the bat, but he honestly could. They don't have, they don't really have a, a number one guy there in Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Joe Flacco's really loved throwing to his tight ends in the past. Yep, uh, and even uh, Drew Locke, who they took in the second, third, second round, I think, yep. uh, had a, a big guy Albert O, who he threw to in Missouri. So uh, I think that Noah Font gives you a lot of good upside. He could give you some good. He's he has some bust potential, but. Here in the second round, I like him here as a tight end. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that leaves me with a handful of guys who I still really like in this spot in the second round. Um, I'm going to, to take a little bit of a roll of the dice here on a guy who is going to benefit hugely, hugely from one key missing player in his offense. I'm going to take Mikko Hardman to the Kansas City Chiefs because I think Tyreek Hill has played his last down as a Chief. Now, I could be wrong on that. Uh, he Maybe he could come back. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen with that situation. But I'm going to bank on the thought that Tyreek Hill has played his last down there. Yeah. And I'm going to say Miko Hardman fills that role. Maybe he's not the as good of a player as Tyreek Hill, but I think that he brings some of those similar traits to the table. Oh, yeah. uh, an athletic, kind of shifty, jitterbug, fast guy yeah. who... Very raw. Fits awesome with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, he's very raw. He's kind of like Tyreek Hill when he came out. Not as, I mean, he's not as he's not as physical. Tyreek Hill will, will, you know, as small as he is, he will fight you yep. and get up to go up there and get that and get a high like a yep. high thrown ball or yep. you know he's gonna fight for uh, the the. Um, he makes those tough yeah, catches, tough contested catches. catches. I don't think Michael Harbin offers you that, but he offers you the electric kind of plays that Tyreek Hill can do. So he does offer some of that. Um, Ability in the passing game that the Chiefs will miss if Tyreek. Well, and Patrick Mahomes isn't going to drop back and just all of a sudden become this like check down over the middle, no. 15, 20 yards. Like he's gonna, still going to chuck it deep. Yeah. He's got to throw it to somebody. Yeah. And Sammy Watkins can be that guy, but I think that, that Mahomes kind of likes having that burner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is a guy that can fit that role. So he gives you a lot, a lot of upside. Yep. I like it. I'm going to roll the dice on the upside there. Take Miko Hardman. Um, and that is my second pick, so 2.4 going to me. So a quick recap before we get to the back half of the second round. First pick of the second round, Kyler Murray. Second pick, I took Justice Hill. With the third pick in the second round, Pat took Noah, Noah Fant. I took Miko Hardman with the fourth pick. And now back to number five. Pat, who are you taking with the fifth pick in the second round? You know what? I'm going to... Kind of do the same as you did. I'm going to take a kind of guy with a lot, a lot of upside, but he's a project in my eyes. His name, Marquise Brown. 
Oh, okay. Guy, I didn't that, expect you to go here. No, this is a guy I've been a lot lower on than a lot of people, and I don't think you'll see him go this far. As I don't think you're going to see either Nicole Hardman or um, uh, Marquise Brown go this late in your fantasy drafts. I think they'll be a little, a little bit higher, so you're going to have to reach mm-hmm. on them if you want them. Um, I wouldn't, but I'm going to take the value here in Marquise Brown. I think he is a extremely, extremely talented player. I love. I mean, I loved wa- watching him in his junior. What was it? His, his sophomore year or junior year? The Either year, way. The the the, the, the two years ago. Yeah. Okay. The Baker Mayfield offense. So that yeah. when he was, he's he's electric. He's insane. He's the. He, I would probably have him as my number one or two ranked wide receiver in this class if he was healthy. He is amazing with the ball in his hands. He runs great routes, and he just makes huge plays. But he has that Liz Franck injury which scares the heck out of me. Yeah. You know, this is a, a guy that relies on his speed and his quickness to get open and make big plays, and he doesn't have that with a foot injury. One that could take him one, two years to get fully over. Once yeah. he gets over it, I think he can be electric again if he does. Yep. But that's the big thing with him. But right here, back to the second round, I'm going to take that chance. And the fact that if he comes back healthy this year, oh my God, I got it myself a stud. Yeah. And I think he honestly fits pretty well in that Baltimore offense. Uh, they're going to look to run a lot of jet sweeps with him, probably a lot of screens with him, and try to get him out in space. I think that works yeah. well with the, what they're trying to do. Yeah, and there aren't a lot of playmakers there at this point. Um, they're depleted in terms of just receiver, receivers. They're desperate for a receiver to step up because oh, yeah. they've missed on so many. Now they've had guys in free agency come in and do well. Michael Crabtree comes to mind. Steve yep. Smith comes to mind. They've had guys that have come in, but they've never really bred that one guy in nope, Baltimore from, from recent memory, at least. And so if this can be the one guy, I think they're going to give him every opportunity to be that guy and try to get him the football, almost force feed him the football, like you said, get it to him in multiple ways. And I think that's what they'll do you know, with Marquise Brown. So I like the pick there, Pat. I like where you got him in terms of the value Middle of the second round, I think this is. Yeah, like I said, that, I think you he's can feel happy higher. about that. I think he's going to go higher in your draft and in, in most uh, right rookie drafts. Yep. Okay, let's keep it moving here, and this is a pretty easy pick for me. A guy who actually I'm very high on, and that's Irv Smith Jr. going to the Minnesota Vikings uh, with the sixth pick of the second round. Um, look, I, I still think that. You know, Kirk Cousins, you know, I don't know how long he plays in Minnesota. He signed a three-year deal initially. Um, Is he the long-term option there? He sure didn't look like it in his first year. You know, missing the playoffs, they really disappointed. But Irv Smith, no matter who he plays with in the long term, in terms of the quarterback position, I think that he has a chance to be a really, really special player at the the tight end position. And, um, you know, I I just think that that's... uh, that's kind of where I would be comfortable getting him yeah. at this point. Um, and I, I'm very happy to get him at this point yeah. in the draft. And and he obviously a little bit upside there too, because I've heard uh, talks that they're might be trying to sh- uh, get rid of or shop uh, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. So, you know, if, if he, ju- he steps in there, he could offer you a little bit more immediate upside than you even thought you'd get. Yep. All right. My next pick, I'm going to do a, another guy who's a little bit of a project, but I think he will, reward you in spades for it Devin Singletary one of my favorite running backs coming out I think I'm a lot higher on him than most people and I think he went to a decent spot you know he's going to get to sit behind uh LaShawn McCoy for a year a little work on his a little bit of his game love a guy that I love the a guy that we both compared to a little bit has a little bit of LaShawn McCoy yeah in it's funny he went him. there um and you know they have they have LaShawn McCoy there they have Frank Gore there those guys I mean Frank Gore is just ageless, so he might be around for another five years. But yeah. I think that, that Devin Singletary is going to give you maybe not what you want this year, but he's going to be, I think, they're starting running back next year. I know TJ Yeldon is there, but he offered, he to me, he's a he's a complimentary back. I like Devin Singletary's ability more. Okay. Let's keep it moving. 2.8, and I am on the clock. Now, there's, there's a lot of, you know, kind of my favorite, favorite guys have gone to this point. Um, but look, there's still a lot of talent still at the receiver position, at the running back position. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Rodney Anderson, a guy who I loved, but the landing spot is just not good with Joe Mixon. Yeah. So again, this is what I talked about in the film room series. It depends on where they go. Their draft status is going to depend on that heavily. So I'm going to shy away from him. Kind of a preview here in my last two picks, but I'm not, I'm going to shy away from Rodney Anderson in the second round. 
Um, would love to be able to take him based on the talent, but again, the landing spot just not where we we wanted it to be. Okay, so at number 20 here, I'm going to go Drew Locke. As I mentioned before, this is my favorite quarterback in the class. I just think from uh, an all-around standpoint, athletically, from the pocket, um, can make all the throws. I think that Drew Locke has it all. I like him quite a bit more than Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. Um, I have him slightly above uh, Kyler Murray just from an in-the-pocket standpoint. I think that he um, kind of satisfies that part of the game a little bit more than Murray does. So I'm going to take Drew Locke here, Pat. Uh, I like the landing spot in Denver with John Elway. I think that they t- they're going to take care of him there, put some weapons around him. I'm excited about some of their young receivers, um, specifically Deshaun Hamilton, who I think people have been sleeping on a little bit. I think he has a real chance to be, uh, you know, a really good, so- a solid number two in this league. Maybe not a superstar, but I think that he has a chance to be a pretty good receiver in this league. And I like what they're, uh, you know, some of the weapons they have, especially now that they have Noah Font. Um, and, and, you know, certainly Philip Lindsay is a threat out of the backfield with Royce Freeman as well, who I think could be that, that could be a really good one two tandem. So there are some weapons in Denver. They've invested in their offensive line the past uh, couple years. And I think this is going to be Drew Locke's, uh, job here sooner rather than later. Um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Joe Flacco made it through the entire year one, but I would say year two, this is probably Drew Locke's job. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, and I'd almost want Drew Locke to kind of have that that uh, kind of Mahomes the bridge here, year. kind of yep. yeah. Just sit behind Flacco, learn him behind him. I think he's a competent NFL starter. He can teach Drew Locke the ins and outs of the NFL, and and Drew Locke's game isn't anywhere isn't complete. You know, he still has no. some things he needs to worry work nope. on. He needs to work on his his in in pocket presence and yep. under under rush specifically. Uh, so I think uh, it would be good for him to sit out a year and kind of learn from an NFL offense and then and then come in. And I do think that Flacco can be competent enough to lead this team to a you know a decent record and stay in that starting role for most, of the, if not all, of the season. Okay, so Pat, 2.9 here, number, um, let's see here, where are we at overall? 21. There's, we got Miles Boykin on the board, J.J.R. Sega-Whiteside, Andy Isabella, Deontay Johnson, um, Jay Sternberger, uh, Dwayne Haskins is still out there. Where are you going with this pick? You know, I think I'm, since you just took Drew Locke off the board, I'm going to go with Dwayne Haskins. You know, I'm going to grab that last quarterback off the board. You know, I agree with you that Drew, do, I didn't like Dwayne Haskins as much as a lot of pundits did. Uh, I had Drew Locke above Dwayne Haskins, but I like the fit for Haskins. It's kind of, He's in that West Coast system. I think it fits him well. He throws a good short and intermediate route. I don't know about his deep ball. He wasn't asked to do it very much. Ohio State, and from what I saw, he didn't throw it very effectively. But I thought he puts a lot of zip on the ball, and he can and he can work out in that uh, that uh, Redskins offense. Now, the question about that, the big question for me about that is, what? How are his weapons? You know, all of his rep weapons to me are question marks. Darius Geis has an ACL injury that uh, we don't know if he's going to be able to come back from, and how he will even be in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Reed can never stay healthy. His two top wide receivers, in my estimation, are both rookies. So yep. Chris Thompson is injury yeah. prone. Yeah, I, I just it's going to be a big. He's going to be growing up along with this offense. So I'd slow your roll on him, but I like the fit with him. I think uh, Jay Gruden can do decent thing with things with him. And I, you know, it, it'd be nice if you, especially if you need a a, a quarterback to grab him here because he he will be starting from day one. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think he's beaten out Keenum. Yeah. And I, I think the Redskins did a pretty nice job of replacing Jamison Crowder with Terry McLaurin. Um, not saying they're the exact same player by any means, but I'm glad that they went out and were able to get Harmon and McLaurin, uh, to help kind of fill the void of losing who I think is their best wide receiver in Jamison Crowder. Um, Terrell Pryor didn't work out a couple years ago on that one year deal. We mentioned earlier, Josh Doxson has done next to nothing so far in his, his NFL career. So, yeah, Pat, I agree with you. A lot of question marks in the Redskins offense, but uh, Dwayne Haskins, I think, has a chance to be a good quarterback. I like the pick. I certainly like taking him over Daniel Jones. I'm with you there in terms of the rankings. I mean, I'm looking at your rankings, and uh, I still don't think I see Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. There he is down at number 48. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Um, sandwiched in between Jordan Scarlett and Trevin. Jerron <laughs> Wesco. Jerron yeah. Wesco. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Daniel Jones just doesn't do it for you. So 
I guess let me let's take a break here from the mock draft for just about one minute. I want to ask you a question. Uh, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, are those the only three viable quarterbacks that that you know you would want to take and say the first I don't know five rounds yeah, first, uh, of a rookie draft? Um, I mean, I in, think, ter- in your opinion, I guess. I think I'd consider consider Daniel Jones late, you know, late fourth round, that kind of place. Um, I don't really like his ability. I know you weren't a big fan of him. Well, you actually kind of liked, I liked him a little bit. I, See, I like Daniel Jones, what I saw on tape in terms of he, he looks polished to me in the pocket. But I do I, – I, I'll be honest with you. I'm worried about the arm strength. I mean, yep. it, he didn't really push the ball down the field too much. No, I wasn't a really big fan of his tape. Um, you know, he did he just he didn't seem like a, a great quarterback coming out of the, coming out. I get that he's was what he's a cut cliff with it was his yeah. offensive was his his quarterback coach. Yep. I don't give a crap about that. Um, you know, he's he's like Eli Manning. I don't give a crap about that. That offense doesn't seem to be going places to me. So uh I'm just not very high on him at all. Yeah. Okay. Um I guess for our listeners out there, does that the, the fact that there's three quarterbacks? I, I think we could probably safely say there's three quarterbacks we think um, you know you kind of want to really get your hands on in this draft. Yep. Um, does that make you? Even though we don't think that this quarterback class is as strong as maybe last year's uh, or or prior drafts, does that fact that there's only a couple, uh, you know, a handful, do you want to reach a little bit earlier on them? No. Not really. I mean, I'm not in love with any of these guys. They're not guys that I would be jumping all over for. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, honestly, I've kind of thought to myself, you know, maybe I'll just be happy in taking a guy like Locke. You know, late a little later, I was hoping to try to get him in, in you know, late second round, early third round. That'd be kind of where I would like to try to get him. Um, and uh, kind of hope, bank on his upside down the road after sitting a year. Kind of compared to jumping all over where you're going to need to take a guy like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, uh, Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins. So, um, if they fall to you, great. If they don't, I wouldn't. It's worry nothing. About, to, yeah, I would, it's nothing that I would worry about too much. Yeah. Again, depending on your quarterback situation, um, yeah. a little bit of it, but but yes, I agree with you there. Okay, with the uh, we got three more picks here. Uh, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to take Damian Harris with my next pick. Uh, Again, I mentioned earlier that I love Rodney Anderson. He's my, he, I like him more than da- than Damian Harris, uh, just from a, a skill skill point. Uh, but but the the landing spot for Damian Harris, even after Tom Brady retires, I think that the Patriots, their foundation, should bode well for Damian Harris. James White is, I think, 26, 27 years old. He's only he's going to be a free agent after I think he's got one more year after this year on his deal. Um, who knows where they go with them? Patriots are usually pretty content with parting ways with running backs at a certain point. Um, you know, I, I know Sony Michelle is there. He's young. They took him in the first round last year. But the way that the Patriots use their running backs in so many different ways, I think that Damian Harris could be a really good fantasy contributor even behind Sony Michelle in a complimentary role. So I'm going to take Damian Harris. Um, he played in a complimentary role at Alabama with Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris. So I think that he'll be uh, – he's kind of used to that yeah, a little bit. I think, he'll be all, I think he'll be okay with that, and he, he does everything. He's, I think he's a safe bet to be a, a, a contributor. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he has much of a, a bust potential. I think he does, he's a, a, a master or a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none yep. kind of running back. I think that he could really contribute even early in a Mark Ingram type of way with yeah. a few less touches. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Pat, two more picks to go. You, yeah. and then I'll finish it up. Where are you heading with your uh, last pick? You know, um, oh, this is hard. There's a lot of guys I really like right here. Um, now, taking a look at your rankings, you have a bunch of wide receivers grouped there together still that are still available. Yeah. So are you thinking receiver? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to actually sit here and try to make a statement. A guy to keep you keeping the, an eye out on. A guy named Darwin Thompson. He, he got drafted by Kansas City. Uh, he he's a, he's a small guy. If you ever watch a film, he's a really little. He looks like just a mini man. He's like Darren Sproles big, but he like he is powerful for how small he is. He, it's just surprising. You watch him hit people, and he runs over guys that are twice his size, mm-hmm. and 
he he's still pretty fast. He's not the fastest guy. He's not as fast as you think he would be at that at that small. But he's he's still fast. He offers good uh, ability to catch the ball out out of the backfield. And you know that backfield isn't solidified to me. Mm-mm, no, I, I I still think Damian. There are touches up for grabs in that offense. I still think Damian Harris or Damian Damian Williams, Damian Williams yep. could just be a guy. I, I like I what he showed last year, but he gives me he gives me that kind of that um that Monty Ball that yeah uh, I, I see where you're going that kind of you yep. know that that um Croat just that, kind of um, medi- mediocre not really yeah. nothing exciting not really going to take it just over a guy who exploded at the end of the last year that's going to bust this year and yeah. taking way too high and he's going re- extremely high in drafts right now it scares me. And I, li- I almost honestly li- would be one to just wait on Carlos Hyde, but this guy, he offers you a lot of versatility. I could see them using him in very creative ways. And who knows, maybe down the line or even early in the year, he could take a look at this running. He could uh, take advantage of an injury yep. or take advantage of a, a mediocre backfield and really make a name for himself. Okay, so Darwin I don't Thompson. think I would exactly take him right here, but I want you people to be aware of his name so you sure. can scoop him up at some point. Okay. All right, so Darwin Thompson is Pat's last pick of our mock draft, mock rookie draft. And let's see, where do I want to go with my final pick here? So we got some names on the board. I'll run through some of the available players. Jay Sternberger, who, uh, of course, went to the Packers, the last kind of big tight end on the board at this point. Miles Boykin, who went to the Ravens. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to the Eagles. Andy Isabella to the Cardinals. Deontay Johnson to the Steelers. Bruce Anderson to the Bucks. Um, that's another one where Bruce Anderson is a guy who there are available touches there with Ronnie Jones, just not showing really anything in his rookie season. Um, there's just, there's an opportunity there. There's a real opportunity. And this guy's an undrafted free agent at North Dakota state. I I think he's going to be one of these guys you can, I've, I've been hearing a little bit of a groundswell for him. There's a couple of people, a couple analysts I've heard talk about him. So he might be a guy you want to. Jump on a little earlier, but you don't need to get him in the second, maybe even not even in the third round. You can get him a little later in most yeah. advanced drafts. Yep. Um, oh, where do I want to go here? So, I tell you what, I this this won't be the most popular pick, and I think that he probably should go a little bit later. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think that the couple of guys, maybe one guy in particular ahead of him, isn't going to pan out. So I'm going to take Deontay Johnson to the Steelers. I do think this is a little bit early for him. I will say that just based on the current depth chart because they are going to give James Washington ample opportunities to take over the number two receiver role. But these two players, Johnson and Washington, are different players. Um, look, there's no secret that J- Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one there, and this his trajectory is still just going to keep going up. Yep. But the number two, I think that there is going to be, I I know everybody's penciling Washington into that number two role, but I would keep an eye out for that in camp to see how Deontay Johnson comes along in year one. Yeah. Because it's going to be an all out battle. Yeah. Because so the Steelers right now, you know, they have a couple slot guys um, that they can kind of deploy, but they're not going to be guys, Switzer uh, and Eli Rogers, who are not going to necessarily take over from a fantasy perspective. So they're looking for a number two to do that. And we haven't seen a number two receiver outside of Juju Smith-Schuster last year really make a f- an impact with Ben Roethlisberger. But I think this guy could do it uh, just based on he fits kind of the Steelers' mode, mold in terms yeah. of what they look for in receivers. So I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson with my last pick um, and uh, hope that he kind of blossoms and, and builds a rapport with Ben Roethlisberger, who should be in Pittsburgh for another three years. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben played four more years in Pittsburgh, including this year. So I'll take Deontay Johnson um, to the Steelers with my last pick. And that concludes our first mock draft, Pat. So why don't I go through a quick rundown on our our picks here, just to recap. So uh, Pat, first overall, went Josh Jacobs. I went David Montgomery, number two. Uh, Pat came back with uh, Miles Sanders at three. I went Debo Samuel at four. Pat went Nikhil Harry at five. Debo Debo Butler, it's, uh, Debo Butler, Hakeem Butler, Debo Samuel at four. Um, Hakeem Butler at, at six. AJ Brown at seven. Paris Campbell at eight. TJ Hawkinson at nine. 
Kelvin Harmon at 10, DK Metcalf at 11, Terry McLaurin at 12, so that capped off the first round. The second round started Kyler Murray, and then we went Justice Hill, Noah Fant, uh, hold on, Miko Hardman, Hardman. sorry, lost my place there, Marquise Brown at 5, Irv Smith Jr., 6th pick of the second round, then Devin Singletary, and then Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, um, and then Harris. 10, 10, Damian Harris, and then 11, you went Darwin Thompson, Darwin Thompson and then I capped it off there with Deontay, yeah. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, a lot of still big names on the board. You know, Jay Sternberger, I think he actually dev- probably provides, a, you know, a, I think a little bit more upside this year if, if Rudolph stays compared to Irv Smith. In my opinion, I don't. I don't think he's quite as talented as Irv Smith, but still pretty talented as a receiver. Yep, I um, agree there. Miles Boykin is an athletic freak who could project to a, a very high upside wide receiver. Unfortunately, he's in an offense that I don't think really suits him. I agree. JJ um, Arcega Whiteside, I see him as more of a long term play. You know, if they if they're looking to get out from under Alshon Jeffrey, I see them kind of as clones. Maybe as Alsh, maybe Arcega Whiteside isn't quite as fluid in the in the hips as as a. Uh, is, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's as quite of his complete no, receiver No, I don't think he's there. not quite as complete, but he could, he projects to be that. Yep. Andy Isabella there, you know, he's he could be a, a target monster or just, you know, he's the guy that I think could bust out as well. But yeah, I, I think a lot of good guys left. I agree. To your point, I think that there you can get value still in the third round if you're doing strictly a rookie draft. Now, we do a draft where we have free agents mixed in yeah. because we're our, our setup is a little bit different in terms of how we do our keepers um, and stuff. We keep the majority of our roster, but we trim our benches at the end of the season. So it's a little bit different in that sense. We'll have guys like Damian Williams mixed in, um, some yeah. other players as well. John Brown's another guy too, who went to Buffalo. All right. So that concludes our rookie mock draft. I'm sure we'll probably do, we might do another one of these at some point yeah, too maybe. in May. Um, we'll talk more yeah. about the rookies here in May as well. Yeah, um, we're getting into into a redraft here soon. We yeah. are. It's crazy. I mean, you just finished your redraft, yeah. your first mock of your redraft yeah. rankings, at least. Yeah. So we'll be talking more about the redraft um, situation this year for 2019. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Remember, you can listen to the podcast, find it, download, it, subscribe at uh, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Um, and, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, of course. And thanks for tuning in, everybody, for Pat Stats. I'm your host, James Swanson, along with Pat Cotter. Have a good night. Bye-bye.